0: Hello, you are listening to Do We Like Murder, a segment of the Long Overdue Podcast, a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas, featuring Denise, Dawn, and Chris. That's me. (laughs) You know that we like murder. Books, but do we like murder movies? Yes, I yes, think
1: we do. Yeah, so
0: yeah. what do you say we talk about that today? So, to be clear, <laughs> when we say murder
2: movies, we're at least for this episode, we're talking about movies that were inspired by, yes, the true, by true,
0: crimes. The true
3: crime. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's just this. So, uh, this is a special segment or a special edition of the. Uh, do we like murder podcast? Mm Uh, where yes, we're going to. We have all watched movies based on true crime, uh, not documentaries, just you know, fiction, you know, dramatized Mm -hmm. movies, and uh, so we're going to talk about those today. We've all done a little research into the actual events, and we're gonna just talk about the movies and how they. Are are similar, and different from the way the actual events transpired, and just in general, did we like the movies? Did we, or was it interesting? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I guess we'll uh, see where this conversation leads us. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think it's cool. I think there's some. I think we got some good stuff. All right. Well, uh, the, so the movie, the film that I watched is the Frozen Ground. That sounds Starring good. Starring Nicolas Cage oh. John Cusack And Vanessa Hutchins It's a pretty good film I thought it was pretty well done
2: I think we should I think we should say that You and I are very big Nicolas Cage fans That is true So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, which is really the main reason I watched this movie Is because Nicolas Cage But it just happened to You know To line up with what we're doing here So You know, it's a win-win situation. (laughs) Um, the frozen ground was based on, uh, the crimes of Robert Henson and the eventual, you know, his, uh, him being, uh, caught and, you know, convicted and, and, you know, putting an end to his, his murders, um. Okay, so
1: I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know anybody uh, anything about this person. You said mm-hmm. Robert henson Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah.
0: Uh, I'm I'm going to go in. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's going, going like. Wait, you keep going with that. You don't. Talking? You don't know who Robert Hansen. <laughs> <Henson?
2: laughs> <laughs> She's not as big of a Nicholas
3: Cage Everybody fan knows. as we are.
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, Robert henson was a serial killer and, uh, and serial rapist in Anchorage, Alaska um and this uh, the, most of these events took place in the the 80s or at least that's when he was finally caught um his uh his crime his criminal activities took place over a decade It's when he moved to anchorage
1: let me just ask okay so anchorage yeah. that's good you said 80s like can you narrow that down um he
0: was finally caught in 19 or yeah 1983 oh my gosh. and was con- convicted and uh, and put in prison in 1984.
1: In okay, because I just want to say I think I was in Alaska about that time. <laughs> <laughs> so just well, we were in Fairbanks. Okay. Yes.
3: <laughs>
1: Omg! Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Um, it just freaks me out. Well, I think you would have been. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think. I think you would have been safe. Uh, yeah, he talent, yeah, he had a specific. Yeah, he had a specific. Okay, because I was eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no, his uh, his preferred target was uh prostitutes and exotic dancers. Oh, okay, good, I'm safe. Yeah. Oosh. So that was his uh kinda his his uh hunting grounds or whatever. And actually um that coin of phrase isn't very applicable because that was one of his other things he liked to do. So he would you know, he'd go and he'd look for somebody and he would, you know, say that he was gonna hire them for for sex or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he would end up taking them to his house and usually chaining them up and, and torturing. And, wow. And then after he was done, he would fly them out in because he was a bush pilot, and he'd fly them out to a remote area and get all his hunting gear, and he would let them go and hunt them. <gasps>
1: you're kidding me.
0: Yeah, and this was, okay, so this was in the movie, and this was, this was like legit, that wasn't part of the dramatization, that was actually, you know, that was what he did.
1: So did he hunt them, like, with guns, or did he, like, just with knives and arrows? Yeah, he
0: would usually, according to to the facts here, he would usually take his his rifle, and he'd have, like, a hunting knife or whatever.
1: Did they know that that was what he was going to do? I wonder. I guess maybe we would never know, but yeah. I'm wondering if they had a clue that he was going to be I'm, hunting. I'm sure
2: they did. Because, I mean, he had a tiny plane. Mm-hmm. He had to shove a girl in there with all his gear
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then flew her out to nowhere and then was like, okay, you can go. I mean.
1: I'm thinking
2: like... <laughs> How do I cover my tracks? You know, <laughs> I think after being chained up and tortured and raped for several days, you're, you're not just thinking, thinking about that. Run.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like as soon as you get yeah, as soon as he gets a chance, of course.
2: That that was his whole know. goal, but yeah, that's I think what you would
1: what you would do. I'm thinking weapon. What could I make as a weapon? <laughs> Out in the middle of the. I mean, like <laughs> a tree branch. I don't care. I'm gonna try to project myself. Oh my gosh, that's just scary. I, yeah. I can't believe that somebody would do that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty disturbing. Um, so yeah, that was you know that was in the movie, and that was what he actually did because um, he was a you know he was an avid hunter. Um, so you know he he hunted other things. That was like one of the things that they talked about. The girls that were, or um the the other the the girl that actually. You know, helped get him caught in the end was uh Cindy Paulson, that was the character that uh, Vanessa Hutchins, mm-hmm. Hutchins played, mm-hmm. and uh, and she got away. Um,
1: she was smart. How did she get away? Well,
0: <laughs> she he had must a plan. he must have. I don't know if he slipped up or if this was just you know, because I, I know that I'm, I'm sure that people in those situations when you get you know, you're, you're chained up and you're in the back seat of a car or whatever and you know your your life is threatened and some people don't have you know they don't have the instinct to run they just want yes, to the- yeah i don't know if that's what happens to most of his victims or what but anyway he had her in the plane and they were about to fly off and uh he must have like just turned his back for a minute or left you know while the door was still open and she jumped out of the plane and and ran mm-hmm. yeah and ran to a hotel and uh and that was where you know the police found her because she was she was uh handcuffed and and you know uh tortured and and you know caught people's attention so they called yeah. and, and they brought her in and that that was what uh spurred the events that finally led to his capture and arrest wow <clears throat> yeah so um he, his, these events have also been Discussed in several books, uh, one of the most popular of which is called Butcher Baker, because he was the the town baker there in Anchorage, Alaska. Mm -hmm.
1: So what did he bake? (laughs) Cakes and stuff. Like a meat pie? No. No.
0: I was going to say, it wasn't meat pie.
1: (laughs) Didn't that happen in England, in London? It w- uh, are you thinking about Sweeney Todd? Yes.
3: <laughs> I don't
0: know that that's. if that's a, a real
1: thing. I don't either. But but, but it was a musical.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was you know known um, known around town as just you know the mild mannered baker slash family man. He had a wife and a couple kids, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, they just thought you know he was a town he was a town figure. People knew him. They recognized him. They thought he was just the the Mm -hmm. mild-mannered baker. And behind all that, he had been doing this for 10 years right there.
1: Wow. Small town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm assuming small town. Anchorage can't be that big. and the 80s, I don't think it was that big. Yeah. So what happened to the women after he hunted them? I mean, we can't prove that they were
0: so, baked into <laughs> no, i don't no. think that <laughs> no they found they found 13 of the they did the, okay i think i think that, he did
1: bury
2: them right yeah they he, said
0: that he killed 17 women and had had admitted to raping over thir- or 30 other women over the decade um they found 13 of them cuz when when he would go out and hunt and mm-hmm. and kill them um he would leave them out there like i don't know if he buried them and like tried to hide the evidence or just just left them there but he had a map at his house with an x marking all the spots spots. yeah and that that was that was factual as well that was part of the reason they um they were able to convict him on all those is because uh that was in his house and you know Mm -hmm. also he would keep trophies from them like jewelry things like that possessions Mm -hmm. and he had those like everywhere he had them in his plane in his car and in his house
1: he didn't give any to his wife did he Oh, I don't
0: know about that. I didn't that's I didn't read cute. that anywhere. <laughs> okay. But uh so here's um so that's why they called him. They you know uh they got Cindy and um over the course of a few months, you know, working working with her and and finally starting to get, you know, some of the facts put together. Mm-hmm. They got several search warrants and searched his house and you know, his plane and everything and they found the the they found the map mm-hmm. and they found his trophies. And that was what you know, kind of, that, that's what got him caught. Was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is where, this is one of the points where the movie kind of deviates a little bit. Because that, that last, you know, that last half hour of the movie is really dramatic. Because mm-hmm. um, in the movie, he hires somebody mm-hmm. to like a hitman to get Cindy so that they can't use her. I don't think that actually happened. Okay. There's nothing in here that says anything about that. Yeah, he, he got he, a
2: hitman to get her pimp to try to kill her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a hit it was the <laughs> It
2: was
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that it was elaborate and it was very dramatic. There was a big chase scene and, you know, people getting shot at and stuff. Yeah. Um yeah. Not not to mention real disappointment, Denise. Mm. Um the the Nicolas Cage character. Yeah. Fictional character. <sighs> Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> I, I I went and looked and and just to make sure because there's no you know no detective or or sergeant or anybody yeah. mentioned as being like one of the main players and getting uh-huh. him caught and so I went and looked it up and yeah uh,
2: so who, who caught him
0: I, I don't know Task Force just the, yeah just the, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Halcombe was the name of Nicholas Cage's character mm-hmm. and I guess he was kind of like the re- represented just the you know the impetus of the yeah the police and and the people oh. who who cared and wanted him caught, but okay. there was no actual Jack. There's just no one outcome. person named Jack.
1: Um, sad.
0: Yeah. Uh. So anyway, and that there was an elaborate scene where uh John Cusack, who was who played Robert Hanson, um gathered up all the trophies because you know he was feeling the heat and he gathered everything up and took his plane and flew out and in a storm of all things and. They tried to stop him, and he like you know hid the hid the trophies out there so that they couldn't find him. But there was just that one that one thing that he couldn't couldn't part with. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, he did. It was because, and this is in the movie. I didn't. I don't think that. Right in the movie, I don't, it I don't was know about any of this.
2: identical bracelet the, of the one sister. Of the sisters. Yeah,
0: and they both had one, and so Nicolas Cage's character, um, he kind of played a gambit there because it was the last thing he had and he Uh knew that they both had one and he knew this guy liked to collect trophies but had gotten rid of all his trophies so he like puts it in front of him and he's like yeah we found this you know Uh and and it's kind of like trying to get him to get him kind of riled up Uh and then the last thing that puts him over the edge in the movie is they bring cindy in and and that just kind of sends him over that sends him over the edge and he finally comes out and says you know i should have killed you when i had the chance and I don't, yeah, I don't think it happened like that in reality. <laughs> yeah. But they did say that he did respond kind of like that when, because he he yeah he played this mild-mannered baker all the way up until the point where they were finally like, you know, we're on to you. We know it you know, you did, we know you did this. Uh And they could see him just visibly change, you know, he'd get like all red. Uh And they said that you could actually see the hairs on the back of his neck start to stand up. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And and he like, you know, they could hear him screaming at his lawyers all the time. And yeah.
1: That's, that's just like, so hard to believe, and to get your mind around the fact that somebody could do that in your mm-hmm. community. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: But uh, yeah, I read. You know, I read some of these facts and stuff, and a lot of this I actually read in uh, the Anchorage Daily News, the you know the newspaper there. They released an article when he died actually in 2014 he died in prison um i think age 75 it was he had been convicted of you know for the four of the murders and also kidnapping and and rape of cindy and he got 461 years in prison
1: wow yeah consecutive
0: Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no parole. I mean, or not, like that. not the
1: parole <laughs> thing, but I was thinking uh, sometimes, like, they'll say, like, a life sentence. So back to yeah. back or whatever. Or, yes, like, <laughs> you can serve them all at the same time. Not that, I mean, life is life, I right. guess, but I don't know. Well, and
2: it also depends, because if you, and like, a, I think our state has the fear sentence to life. You still have to serve 30 years before you're eligible for parole, unless it's specific life without parole.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Which can still be appealed.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everything can be appealed, and that takes like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
0: But uh, yeah, the frozen ground um, about about these events is a pretty good pretty good film. Um, I like that they they just implied a lot of things. They didn't beat you over the head with a lot of exposition. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't play up like oh he's a baker and everybody knows he's a baker. So yeah, there's that, and then uh, like. So you know he has a had a history that um, you know they kind of say it was, i mean I don't want to say responsible because a person's really responsible for their actions but um but you know he was bullied in school, and none, none of the girls ever liked him and you know this was this is in the facts as well, and it's kind of talked about in the movie
3: mm-hmm.
0: um but they don't do it as exposition. there's just a part where you know nicholas cage is, is grilling him and uh what and says you know saying that. these things like you know another girl's liked you in school and they made fun of you and and now now you don't you know now you don't have to play by their rules you can you can play by your rules and it gives you power and and that was actually how he was he you know yeah um this was his way of of getting revenge and his you know Mhm. and having that power
2: And did it say anything about his wife? Because in the movie, it implied that he was very controlling of her. Oh,
0: yeah. They implied that he was like very religious, um, kind of traditionalist, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Really? Yeah.
0: They, they, yeah, they implied that in the movie. It doesn't imply anything about that here. So I don't know whether that's that's true or not. Mm-hmm. Um, since I only watched the movie and read this, you know, read these articles, I didn't, I didn't read the the Butcher Baker book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might go into more of that in there. Yeah. It'd be, probably be an interesting read.
1: Yeah, I mean, this sounds fascinating.
0: But yeah, it was a it was a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah. some pretty good Nicolas Cage acting
2: mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, not really any of his over the top stuff, but yeah. still good.
0: Yeah, and John Kuzak was creepy as heck.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Yeah, whenever I think about John Cusack, I think about
1: cute eighties John Cusack. You mm-hmm. know, say anything. <laughs> yeah. And then but yeah, he was pretty intense, huh? so <laughs> it was very creepy.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was one character that or in this in, or you know, one person in the actual events that I thought, you know, might have inspired uh Halcombe Halcombe's character. Um, but he wasn't he was a district attorney he wasn't in the police or anything like that but he said that he you know he tried the case and after dealing with it it was so heavy that um, he had to like take some take some serious time off and go on vacation with his wife you know that's one of the things she asked like after this is over will you take some time off so we can just get away mm-hmm. from it for a while so yeah. that that was kind of where uh, Helcom was in the movie he was like to the point where he's like I'm gonna be you know, I'm gonna be done with this, and we're gonna move. And but in the movie, he ended up staying on the force. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. In the movie, it was more he was about to leave and got ended up catching this case, and uh, so that kind of in in the movie at least it reignited his passion. Yeah, for his it, passion
0: for
3: mm-hmm.
2: for police work. Yeah. Okay. Instead of just going to do whatever. Non police thing. He <laughs> was gonna go do. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Pretty good. Wow. Uh. If you're if you're cool with with this kind of you know content material, I I would recommend it. And if you like Nicholas Cage, I'd recommend it. Yeah. So.
1: So this happened. I mean, he was convicted. You said in eighty three, and he was 84? convicted in eighty four. Yeah, that was I when was he was caught in eighty three. Yeah. So from my understanding. When was the movie made?
0: I think it was uh, the, okay, movie, The Frozen Ground was 2013. That's when that came out. Uh, Butcher Baker, uh, the book, was uh, 1991. Okay. Hmm. So pretty close to after the events. Yeah. Within within the decade or whatever.
1: All right. Well, that was very captivating. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I don't like that, but I like that. Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Cindy did go off to lead a normal, Mm -hmm. happier life after.
0: That's good. Yeah, she got away from from all that. From
2: all that? from Good. Her high-risk lifestyle and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And went on to. What about his kid? Ooh, I don't know. I'm sure his wife changed her name and her kids' names and
0: Yeah, I bet that dis- was Disappeared. I bet that was very hard. <laughs> it started
1: over. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Did yeah. it say how old they, the kid was?
0: Um, no, I didn't talk about that here. In the movies, they were really, really young. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. you know, like 8, 10.
1: Mm-hmm. Still old enough
0: to know something could have right. been
2: going
1: on. Yeah. Well, and in the movie,
2: he had like a cabin somewhere. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really like his, their family home. He had a cabin. That's where he would take the girls. Okay, and so I'm not sure how factual that was. Well, they
0: said that you know he had a home where his him and his family lived, and they said he also had like a cabin or whatever, and that was where he he took them, yeah, Yeah. to do his his crimes.
2: And so they might not even really suspect anything. It was just that's true. Needed some time away from the family and.
1: Yeah. What do you tell your kids, though?
2: Well, after it all comes out, that's yeah. a that's a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you
1: yeah. Know? yeah like, I can't even imagine having to deal with that. Because, I mean, if you tell them the truth, it has implications. But if you lie to them, that has implications too. Right. I mean, what happened to my dad? Mm-hmm. Who he was died just here. <laughs> yeah. Right. <So>. Suddenly died. <laughs> yeah. And we're moving, so you don't hear anything about that's this. right. <laughs> gone. Yeah. yeah. And your name's not Billy anymore.
0: <laughs> uh, it said that, um it says that he cooperated with, you know, once they was, they finally they caught him and he was to the point where, you know, he was going to confess and everything. They mm-hmm. um he worked closely with them to to go out and find the bodies afterwards and um and part of the deal was uh he was, you know, he was going to work with them and help them find everybody so that there wouldn't be like media Involvement, there wouldn't be like so a bunch of reports to try to
2: protect his family. I
0: guess so. Uh, he said that if you, you know, if you keep the the media and and stuff out of this, then then I'll help you. that's mm. part of the deal.
1: Hmm. How could they control that? Not give anybody
2: any information.
0: Yeah, just keep it quiet.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting, because I'm
2: sure the media like figured something out, right? But, yeah. If they're not willing to give any details or anything like that,
3: and Mm
2: the judge can always say that it's a like a sealed proceeding, yeah, so it's not even public record,
1: just seems like, especially in today's day and age, that that would not even be able to be possible.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't
1: think it would be possible in this day and age in the 80s, though. I mean.
2: Yeah, that's true. If the police aren't talking and no one else is talking about it, you mm-hmm. can't really get your information from anywhere. That's true.
0: Not everybody had camera phones and mm-hmm. pocket cameras and social media and stuff. so mm-hmm. <laughs> It wasn't as fast to get information out right. there. Right, <laughs> yeah.
2: And if you're not talking to the neighbors or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to get to gather information. Unlike now, some your neighbor a cop shows up at your neighbor's house. You're tweeting about it. (laughs) Something's (laughs) going down, (laughs) and now I'm watching.
0: (laughs) Now there's two cops. There's
1: two cops. (laughs) They're knocking on the door. (laughs) That's so true. That's funny.
2: I'm I'm sure like. At the most, maybe someone somewhere had a police scanner, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, now it's it's
1: crazy. <laughs> okay.
0: What movie did you watch, Dawn?
1: Okay, so I watched *In Cold Blood*, uh, which is uh, the same title as the book *In Cold Blood* by Truman Capote. And you guys have both read that book. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's been a little while. And I, I'm pretty sure I've seen this movie, too.
0: I haven't seen that movie. I saw Capote, but I didn't watch that.
1: I one. wanted to see Capote, I think, especially after this one started. Mm-hmm. This is a really old-ish kind of remake. Yeah. I mean, not remake. Adaptation. Yeah. I mean, this says something about 2003 on here, but... I think that's just when they put it on DVD. Oh, here we go, 1967. It's so tiny, I can't even read it. So yeah, I don't think I made it all the way through that movie. I'm just gonna say, yeah. Mm. Okay, well, I did. I went ahead and did the whole thing. <laughs> You're like I'm doing it. Yes. So the good thing was is that I had just read the book this summer, and uh, so I started watching the movie, and it really is pretty on point with everything in the book. Mm-hmm. So. It's about a murder in Garden City or near Garden City, um, Kansas, right? Kansas or is it Missouri?
0: I'm pretty sure it was Kansas. Yeah, I thought it was Kansas.
1: Yeah. Okay. I know that Kansas City. He couldn't be go back to Kansas City, Kansas, but he had gotten initially onto a bus, and he was in Kansas City, Missouri. And his um, the guy in the uh, in the movie, I don't the Reverend, I think it was, said, "Don't cross the river; you'll be in violation of your parole."
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he crossed the river, <laughs> anyway. So he, um, these two guys were in prison, and they, um, one of them got out, the other one got a new cellmate and started. Talking about this family who is reportedly supposed to have a safe with ten thousand uh, dollars in his home office, mm-hmm. and the guy was a um, a farmer and and all that, so fairly successful from what you know I've read in the book. And so this new cellmate tells him all this, and the guy gets obsessed with it. And the guy who had just gotten out, his name is Perry. And he had told the other guy, Dick, that he had killed somebody in Las Vegas just because. uh, With a, what was it, a bicycle chain, I think he said well that caught this guy's attention like oh you're a killer so Mm -hmm. yeah i want you on my team we're gonna go out there and he kept saying no witnesses we're not gonna have any witnesses so they knew or this dick guy knew when he went there he was intending to kill people Mm -hmm. not just rob them Mm. and so um they they drive 400 miles at night to get to this home of the Clutter family. And there's four of them home, the mom, the dad, and the, the I think, teenage son, a young teenage, and then a teenage uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. And so the book and the movie, they talk about and kind of show the, the what the day's events were of the family. And what, the, what was happening with the, the guys, too, is they're driving across country and stopping and getting rope and tape and gloves all that stuff. Um, they get to the house around midnight, um, and they go in, and they kill them. Actually, they don't straight-out kill them. I, th- right, think I,
2: I think they had intended to break in the no witnesses thing i think was more if they had to kill someone they would but i don't think they that was their their, their goal. aim yeah
1: yeah so when they got there the, and the reason I'm pausing is because the book and the movie both kind of stop and then, because you don't know what happened, mm-hmm. but then after, later after they're caught, then they start telling the story about what actually happened. Mm-hmm. So they get into the house and they start looking for the safe in the office and they can't find it. Mm-hmm. And Perry's like, you're an idiot. You listen to a guy in prison that there's a safe here? I mean, you didn't <laughs> check it out. Um, and... So then they start uh, going in and they find the father who is in a bedroom downstairs Mm -hmm. and um, get him up and where's the safe? And there is no safe. What are you talking about? right And um, so then, you know, the proceedings, you know, they go through the house and they tie everybody up and they end up shooting. Well, I think they cut the throat of the father and then they shot him. They shot the, well, they shot everybody. And then they kind of posed them. Uh, they got $43. $43. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a radio. And some binoculars, I think, is what they took. And, um, oh, they got caught. How they got caught was a footprint from their boot. It was next to the father on some cardboard but then somebody had taken a picture that had a flash and another print showed up in that picture Mm. because you couldn't really see it Mm -hmm. without that and so um anyway they take off they go to mexico and they Spend their $43. (laughs) Yes. They go on a shopping spree because the reason that Dick is in jail is because he writes hot checks and that kind of stuff. So he, um, they go in and they buy stuff, write a hot check for it, and then they go and resell it, and that's how they get their money. So it's just weird, the scam Mm -hmm. thing.
2: It's like when people... Go and take something off the shelf and then walk up to customer service and say they need to return it and they don't have a receipt.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the thing that people do?
1: Yes, that's the thing oh, that people man. do. Which is why you need a receipt to return things. Well, that makes
0: yeah, makes sense. I just, that never occurred to me.
1: <laughs> uh, right? Right. Isn't that funny? It's like, well, okay, they want a receipt so they know I bought it here at this store and not Mm -hmm. at that store. Oh no, (laughs) Denise's scenario is probably more appropriate. So yeah,
0: so like that. So it was like just like that. (laughs) Exactly like that.
1: So anyway, they go and they do a bunch of this shopping and take off to Mexico and live it up there and spend all their money and they end up back in kansas city and then they go to las vegas um, and they almost caught him when they were in kansas city but they got out um, right under their noses somehow mm. and yeah they caught up with them in, in vegas because perry had this box that he carried with him everywhere and it had papers and books and stuff with it and i guess he just couldn't part with it
3: and it was, his stuff. it was his stuff
1: and he he mailed it to las vegas and then that's where they went to pick it up and they said if the police had gotten there you know four minutes earlier before he'd walked into the post office and got his box hmm. they wouldn't have had as much evidence to convict them
3: hmm.
1: oh, Wow. um so we, they take them back to Kansas, and I thought this was very interesting. And they did not show this in the the movie, which I was hoping they would. They took them into the jail, which was on the fourth floor of this building, and it was also the house of the judge or somebody like that. I don't. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't the um, sheriff, I don't think, but him and his wife lived there. Mm -hmm. and so like across the hall was the jail and they only had one cell so the other person had to stay in the cell that was like in their apartment (laughs) can you believe that i mean i i know so like the wife would she got to know perry because he was the one who was in in that cell and it's just weird Mm -hmm. so that is weird (laughs) well Small towns. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. It, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, you get. To, uh, okay. So, yeah. I'm going. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> so they get caught. They're in jail. They go to. Um, they go to prison. They're convicted, obviously, and they're there. I think at most five years. They had a a trial date set, which, of course, appeals, whatever. They Mm -hmm. came and went, and and, um, Dick went first. They both, um, from what the movie said, and I can't remember exactly what happened in the book, they were both um, hung on the same night, one after the other. So Dick went first, and then it was Perry. Um, So, yeah, they're both dead. And the movie... Was very much like the book, you know. They long say. Long and- <laughs> 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 okay, so I really liked the book, except for I got, I did get to this one point, and I'm like, okay, we could have yeah. like sucked this up in two pages and mm-hmm. gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was an older movie, I mean, it was black and white, mm-hmm. and it was just a little bit. Uh, not as exciting to watch most movies they change something
3: mm-hmm. and
1: it's you know they vary it but this was really like it followed the book mm-hmm. i mean it well, really followed the events older
2: movies do that though do they yeah i think older movies tend to stay closer to their source material okay than than what we do now
1: yeah well i could i could easily say watch the movie don't read the book <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's close enough, It's close
1: enough. You get yeah. all the important details. Y- yes. Mm-hmm. My husband did recognize Robert Blake. I mean, I recognized him. I didn't know who he was. I mean, as yeah, far as what yeah. he plays in. But, um, so some people may like that mm-hmm. kind of character. Mm-hmm. Will, yeah. Okay. He reminds me of another current character, and I can't remember his name either. I'm not big on actor names. <laughs> <laughs> anyway...
0: But they they hanged them right, did they? Both they both hang.
1: They did both hang.
0: Okay, that was back when they still that was still a mm-hmm. kind of a regular form of execution. Um,
2: because this was in the 60s. That wasn't that long ago. No, yeah. It wasn't.
0: Wow. I I do remember that. I remember reading that they they were executed by hanging. The one part that that I always remember that kind of emphasizes. The nature of these true crime novels, especially, you know, the first one, not novels, you know, books, mm-hmm. um, is that Capote, they, you know, you can, they talk about where he kind of embellished and maybe even altered some of the facts. I don't know.
1: I think he would mention that
3: to in, me one In time. the
0: book, and I don't know if it's in the movie as well, but he wrote that before Perry was executed, he said he was sorry, He's like, for what it's worth, I'm sorry. And what I had heard is that that never actually happened. He never actually said that. So
1: in the movie, he says, "I'm sorry." I don't know who to say that to, but I'm sorry.
0: Okay, yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, it's like he mm-hmm. he doesn't know who to say anything to. So it's like he feels sorry for something, or you know, mm-hmm. but it's not like. Who would I
2: apologize to? Yeah. I killed everybody in that family.
1: <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. I mean, based on the movie, he did. He's the one who pretty much pulled the trigger because Dick couldn't. Okay, I'm going to go there and leave no witnesses, but I'm a pansy and not going to do it. Which is why he wanted somebody else to come and do it. Right. Um, but in the in the book, it kind of left it uh, open because Dick is saying one thing and Perry's saying another, mm-hmm. and you don't really know... Yeah. What, who would actually pulled the trigger? Because I think uh, Perry was saying, Well, I killed these two, but he killed those two, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. So it wasn't like he did all four of them by himself. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, but that's really interesting about the whole um, embellishing part. So, the, I want to watch Capote because is that. You watched that and read the book. Mm-hmm. How did that play along? Because that was more about him, him yeah, it was more
0: about yeah. writing
1: the book mm-hmm. and talking and and getting to know these characters,
0: yes and not as much about the events
1: mm-hmm. that he
0: wrote about as yeah, the process okay of writing it and there's another movie as well about that that same thing I don't remember what it's called. It's got Sandra Bullock as Harper Lee, really. Yeah. Anyway, that's it's not even really relevant. There's a bunch of movies about this apparently. Uh, yeah. We can watch, them all, <laughs> watch right. them all and do a comparative study. But yes, it wasn't about the events as much as him writing the book. Yeah. And and him uh you know, being fascinated with with them especially with Perry.
1: Mhm.
2: It was that uh, infamous. Yes, infamous.
0: That's it.
1: So he died at the age of 59. Okay. And I guess it was um, liver failure because he drank.
0: Yeah, he was drugs like and alcohol. a heavy alcoholic.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a lot of different different aspects, like you said, about it. And I think because of the nature of it, it's uh, you know historic, and you know because it's the first one, and it was small town USA. Mm-hmm. Just walked in, and somebody did this to this random home mhm um well, when i had to- heard the cellmate
2: was just talking about this family cuz he had worked on the farm and had been fired yes like it wasn't even a like he had no knowledge of anything he was just mad at them
1: yes and just kind of throwing stuff out there mm-hmm. and and that's how the cops found them because he heard about the murders and was like oh my gosh i was talking to this guy about this family mm-hmm. and so then he went eventually he didn't not right away but eventually he went and, and told i think the he was police, trying to get a deal well there was an award mm-hmm. for a thousand dollars or something and i don't know if he wanted that or if he wanted a deal or something to get out yeah so
0: hmm. i just remember the book being uh, yeah it is there's a lot of details in there and there's a lot of dialogue and information and stuff that doesn't really pertain to the crime mm-hmm. but i remember it being very interesting because you get to know dick and perry
3: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and i don't know how much the movie did that but there's like uh, they were like almost like a dichotomy like dick was like the hothead and he always talked talked a lot you know blew a lot of smoke about stuff but when it came down to it perry was like really the cool headed and Mm -hmm. and kind of creepier because of that
1: i think was more calculating yeah i think you definitely get that more out of the book
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um because i mean the movie is really from their viewpoint very little of it is from the family's viewpoint you don't ever hear um from the friend or the boyfriend, uh, the people who were initially mm-hmm. accused and found her. And, you know, that was very insignificant, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were scenes in here where Perry stood up in a, in a few places and Dick seemed kind of afraid of mm-hmm. him. I never got that in the book. I never hmm. got that Dick was afraid of Perry. But I think you're right. I mean, he was more he's more intellectual about stuff. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And I think especially in the book Dick would needle him, especially when they were in the in prison. Um because of that other prisoner and he would kind of egg Perry on and do stuff like that to mm-hmm. irritate him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So anyway, so that was my book movie <laughs> <laughs> article. Right.
3: <laughs>
1: so what you got Denise? Well, I
2: rewatched Bernie um, a movie by Richard Linklater, who did Days and Confused and
1: Boyhood and a bunch of other highly acclaimed movies. And this should not be confused with Weekend at Bernie's. Right? Do
3: <laughs> not confuse this with Weekend at Bernie's. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Which is still a great film. <laughs> Was there an actual murder in that, or did he just die? I can't remember. He overdosed and died. (laughs) That's right. And the mob had someone to
2: kill him, (laughs) but he was already dead. But they didn't know that because the two guys were pretending like he was still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Great movie.
0: (laughs) It's been a long time since I've seen that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, no, this is not Weekend at Bernie's. This is just Bernie. Um, And I read an article in... I read a couple of articles in the uh, Texas Monthly magazine written by Skip Hollinsworth. And Skip Hollinsworth wrote an article about the, this murder in East Texas, in Carthage, Texas, in 1998. And from this article, Richard Linklater wanted to make the movie Bernie. And so... Um, the movie stars Jack Black, Matthew McConaughey,
1: hmm.
2: and Shirley MacLaine. Okay. And so, Bernie was Bernie Tidy, and he killed an 81-year-old woman named Marjorie Nugent. And so, Bernie was the assistant funeral home director of Carthage. Okay. Okay. And he got really friendly with all the old ladies, the old widows. Oh, He became very, like, empathetic with them and so forth. And from the sound of it, it just sounded like he just really
1: cared.
2: Because everybody in Carthage loved Bernie. Loved him. Okay. When he killed Marjorie Nugent, Uh the people of Carthage were just like, you should not put Bernie in jail. Marjorie was, uh, from (laughs) all accounts, a very mean, nasty woman. And the people of Carthage did not like her, but they all loved Bernie.
1: So yeah. Interesting. (laughs) He did them a favor, I guess. Uh, He was just like, (laughs) (laughs) um,
2: so Jack Plack played Bernie in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Shirley McLean played Marjorie Nugent and Matthew McConaughey played the district attorney Danny Buck Davidson. Yeah. The movie was very, very close to what happened. Okay. Um, Bernie was he sang in the church choir. He was a tenor. He would sometimes even do like the the sermon at his church if the um, the reverend was sick or on vacation mm-hmm. he would do the sermon um, he participated in pretty much every possible community program that there was wow. he would um, help the high school drama club and yeah Bernie was beloved <laughs> in Carthage Um Marjorie Nugent, like I said, was not she from what people said about her, it just seemed like she she didn't talk to anybody in her family. when her husband died, that's how Bernie met her Was okay. her husband suddenly died, and so he helped her out with the funeral and was there for her and after afterwards he would check up on her and make sure that she was okay mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't talk to her son. She didn't talk to any of her immediate family. She had a sister that lived in Carthage. She did not talk to that sister. Wow. It had been like years and years, and she did the not talk.
1: Same town. To yes. Wow. The same
2: tiny Texas town. <laughs> 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 like I could understand maybe living on the other side of Dallas or something that you're like, uh huh. <laughs> but this is Carthage, (laughs) and she was not talking to, she wasn't talking to them, didn't talk to any of them. Yeah, like after the funerals of, he would call the widows and offer to pick up their medicines at the drugstore. Some of them loved him so much that they told their children that Bernie had to sing at their funeral when they passed on. With that nice, tenor voice of his, I just knew Bernie could see me right into heaven, one
1: Carthage widow says. Oh. <laughs> so, now, did they leave stuff to him? I mean, was he like a s- well, scammer kind of thing and trying to get them to change know, their wills? That
2: has never really been determined. Okay. Like, as far as, like, people just loved him. Okay. Actually uh marjorie was the richest widow in carthage Mm -hmm. and um even before bernie befriended her like he would buy things and buy like if he needed a new chair for his home or something he'd buy two chairs Mm -hmm. and he would give one of them away to someone that needed something okay so he was constantly doing that kind of thing um Marjorie didn't really seem like she liked spending money in town. Uh huh. Uh, she actually argued with her veterinarian who was treating her dog and was going to charge her $45. And, uh, she was not cool with that. So she argued with him until he lowered the price. Mm. (laughs) Um, the person that, when she was suddenly missing, that was asking about her and wanting to find out about her, like, What's going on with her? Was Lloyd Tiller one of her stockbrokers? Wow. Not family, not anybody
1: in town, but mm-hmm. the guy that's being paid to care, he cared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to watch this money and I need to get a hold of her. Yes, so, yeah. <laughs>
2: okay. Mm-hmm. Um He said, if she liked you, she sent lovely birthday cards and thank you notes.
1: (laughs) If she liked you. But
2: you had to cater to Margie and constantly flatter her. She could throw a temper tantrum if everything didn't go her way.
1: Wow. So. How old was she? 81. Okay. She was 81. I guess you don't ever grow out of temper tantrums.
0: Never.
2: (laughs) Um. When Mr. Nugent died, he died of heart failure just unexpectedly. Only a handful of people went to the funeral to offer her their condolences. Um, And that's when Bernie met her. And he would later tell people that he could just see the loneliness like etched in her face. And so he wanted to befriend her. Um, Danny Buck, he said that he didn't know if Mrs. Nugent had a single friend in town other than him. And she became very possessive of him. Hmm. Um, He quit his job at the funeral home to become Mrs. Nugent's full-time companion and assistant. So they would travel together. She would pay for vacations. She wanted to go on a cruise. Her husband never wanted to go on a cruise. So Mm -hmm. Bernie went on a cruise with her. Um, And so a lot of money was... Yes. And then the rumors did start going around that Bernie was trying to seduce Marjorie, but other people thought that it was the other way around. (laughs) That they would see Bernie holding Mrs. Nugent's hand in town, and Bernie would would just explain that Mrs. Nugent wobbled when she walked and just needed help. (laughs)
1: That maybe was her excuse. <laughs>
2: yes, it really, like, and I don't know if if it was Bernie that mm-hmm. was trying to, or if it was her. Yeah, because she he did befriend a lot of widows, a lot of older women, and from the sound of it, a lot of women his own age would have been happy to go on a date with him, and he had no interest, and so people were a little unsure whether or not he was gay or. What was going on? And again, mm-hmm. small Texas town. They had their theories, but no one really knew one way or the other. Yeah, um, and he would always just say that he just he was just being friendly. Like they needed someone. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Nugent was making between two hundred thousand and three hundred thousand a year in oil and gas royalty payments alone.
3: Wow! So mm. she
2: she had. She had money. And she didn't want to pay $45 for the vet. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Mm. So, in 1991, she ordered officials at the First National Bank to accept checks from her account signed by Bernie. So that he could handle some of her bills. When Tiller asked if she was certain she could trust Bernie, Mrs. Nugent grew livid and threatened to move all of her stocks out of Tiller's brokerage. Ooh. Yeah. You did not question Marjorie. let um, see. So yeah, he quit. He quit his job in 1993. He told Don Lipsy, which was the funeral home director, that he was going to go work for her as her business manager and escort on trips around the world. And he was going to be pay- paid a much higher salary than what the funeral home director was paying him. Mm-hmm. And Don Lipsy was just like, you know what kind of woman Mrs. Nugent is? Whatever you think you're going to get out of her, you're going to have to earn every penny of it. (laughs) (laughs) Don's wife, Sally, said, Mrs. Nugent is already so possessive of you. She's already making you drive out there every morning just to fix her coffee. Oh, my word. Is that really (laughs) what you want for yourself? And Bernie just replied, now, Don and Sally, deep down inside, she's a sweet woman. <laughs> we will get along just fine.
1: I'm already doing it. I might as well get paid for might it. Might as well get paid. Because mm. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get out of it now. <laughs> Sorry. And that's actually
2: why he killed her. Because he felt like he couldn't get out of it. Mm. Mm. So... um. What he wasn't telling people was that Marjorie had already changed her will. She made Bernie the sole heir to her multi-million dollar estate. Mrs. Nugent later told a cousin that she didn't want to leave a cent to her son or her immediate family because they didn't appreciate her. Wow. So, um, Bernie bought a two-bedroom home about a mile from the Nugent estate. So he was really close. Mm -hmm. He decorated his house with black and white plastic penguins in the front yard because he really liked penguins because they were so (laughs) (laughs) well-dressed. Nice. Yes. Um, Let's see. Bernie earned his pilot's license and bought a couple of small airplanes.
1: Wow. Yeah, he was being paid pretty well.
2: He took Mrs. Nugent's seat on the board of the First National Bank and regularly placed calls to Lloyd Tiller, irritating the stockbroker to no end with recommendations of stocks (laughs) that he thought would be bought, that he thought that should be bought for Mrs. Nugent. Uh, Lloyd grew really angry and was just all, what do you know about the stock market? You're nothing but an undertaker. Which then caused Mrs. Nugent to call him back and tell him that... If he ever spoke to Bernie like that again, she would move her stocks elsewhere. Mm. He did not mess with Bernie. They did went on vacations together, traveled all over the world. Um, Bernie did pay a price for all of this lavish lifestyle. Uh-huh. He had to have Mrs. Nugent's medicines laid out every day. If he wasn't at her house by 11.45 for lunch, she would become extremely frustrated, almost panicky, and call his pager incessantly until he arrived.
1: A pager. Yes.
2: (laughs) When visiting someone else, Bernie would have to interrupt the conversation at regular intervals and use the phone to check in with Mrs. Nugent. If I don't call her, she will give me living hell, Bernie would say. Hmm. So, he didn't get to have any kind of life of his own. Yeah. Um, so, at some point, it just got to be too much for him. And in Thanksgiving, at Thanksgiving in 1996, Bernie went alone to see his sister and told her that Mrs. Dugent had decided to spend the holiday in Ohio with the one sister she was still talking to. And then... Early that spring, he started telling people that Mrs. Nugent was in bed because she was ill and was not accepting visitors. By late spring, she was in a nursing home outside of Carthage recuperating from a stroke. He told Lloyd Tiller, again, the only person that was actually looking for, um, that she had left... Um, that she was losing her mind and perhaps had Alzheimer's. Wow. Like at this point, he's just making all kinds of excuses. Mm-hmm. Because um, Tiller says he didn't entirely believe Bernie's explanations, but it never occurred to him that Bernie might have harmed her.
1: So at this point, she's dead? Oh, yeah. Oh. She was dead for nine
2: months <gasps> before anybody went to go look for her. Wow. Yeah. And so. Now Bernie had access to all this money, mm-hmm. and Bernie spent a lot of money. Bernie did not spend pretty much any money on himself. Really? He bought cars for people, uh-huh. paid in cash. Um, bought or gave someone a loan so they can open up uh, a clothing store, and. Yeah, a man who once worked with him at the funeral home told him that he wanted to open a clothing store. Bernie agreed to fund it, saying that Carthage needed its own Neiman Marcus. The man's idea of what Carthage needed was a little different. He proudly opened Boot Scootin' Western Wear. (laughs) Um, He bought at least 10 cars for people who couldn't afford one, telling them to pay him back whenever they could. He bought a home for a struggling young couple provided scholarships to students at the panola college he pledged a hundred thousand dollars to the new building campaign at first united methodist he led the fundraising drive for the boy scouts when a woman who owned a local trophy shop told him that her business was failing bernie stepped in and bought it so that carthage high school and youth sports teams could get their trophies for another year like this is what bernie was spending marjorie's money on yeah he still owned his little house. He still owned his old Lincoln Town car. Like, he didn't go buy himself anything. Yeah. He bought people jet skis. Like
1: So he's a good guy. <laughs> Bernie is a good guy. <laughs> Everybody did love Bernie. Everybody loved Bernie.
2: He would, um, yep, buy jet skis, pickup trucks. Every student who performed in the Panola College's production of Guys and Dolls got a $200 gift certificate to boot scootin' Western wear. <laughs> yep. Uh, in June, he went on a Carthage Chamber of Commerce trip to Nashville to view the new Opryland Opry, Opry Land exhibit honoring Tex Ritter. When he made sure to pay extra attention to one of the Carthage widows who came along on the trip, pushing her through in her wheelchair, people patted him on the back and said, good old Bernie. <laughs> so, all this is going on in early of July of 1997, an unidentified Carthage woman called the Sheriff's Department and said she was worried about Mrs. Nugent. Had anyone seen her? Because of more pressing matters around town, Sheriff's deputies didn't look into it for about a month. <laughs>
1: well you know it's already been
2: a little while <laughs> yes but so they yeah. didn't look into it for a month which means no one actually called the police for eight months mm-hmm. <laughs> so they found bernie he was in las vegas seeing at the panola college student or at a panola panola college student's wedding Explained that Mrs. Nugent was staying in a hospital in Temple under an assumed name, and she did not wish to be contacted. Deputies couldn't find anyone at the hospital who matched her description. They called Mrs. Nugent's son in Amarillo, and he came to Carthage with his eldest daughter to search the house. At some point during that search, the granddaughter told the deputy that she thought it was odd that the deep freeze had been taped shut. Oh! (laughs) So they took a little look inside. And they found, wrapped in a white sheet under some frozen food, was Mrs.
1: Nugent. Oh, my word.
2: They did not want to destroy any evidence. So they hooked it up to a gasoline power generator, put it on the back of a truck, and told them to drive it straight to Dallas.
0: The whole thing. (laughs) The whole thing. Okay.
2: (laughs) They brought Bernie in. They had found him. Preparing to take a team of little league baseball players and their parents to dinner. Oh He seemed surprised that deputies wanted to ask him some questions. <laughs> <laughs> and they took him into a small room at the sheriff's department. He tried to keep his composure, and then he finally calmly admitted to shooting Mrs. Nugent in the previous November. He said he had used the same gun she made him buy to shoot armadillos. When asked why he killed her, Bernie looked at the officers in bewilderment as if the answer were obvious. At last, he said that Mrs. Nugent had become very hateful and very possessive. Everybody in Carthage was pissed that Bernie was arrested. <laughs> A group of women tried to raise the money to meet Bernie's $1.5 million bond. Wow. So, uh, so the DA went to the Justice of the Peace and filed additional theft charges against him for stealing money from Mrs. Nugent's account uh, after she was dead and got the bond raised to $2.7 million. Mm. So these little old ladies couldn't bail him out. Oh, wow. He got so mad at the Reverend E.B. Beasley for publicly praying every Sunday for Bernie that he stopped going to church for a time
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so the, the reverend was just he's was praying for bernie to
2: he was just praying just for you
0: know good goodwill and towards, <laughs> towards bernie and
2: um let me see if i can find where what the reverend because he was basically praying in the sense of we don't know what happened but bernie's gonna need our prayers
0: Yeah. okay <laughs> Like, that's funny.
2: <laughs> Danny Buck just really believed that Bernie was a con man and that he had duped everybody. That he thought he would tell anybody that would listen that he duped a really nice, trusting town, that he was evil.
1: Um, the citizens of Carthage did not agree. <laughs> Let me just say, this is a long-term plan. I mean, if he really was conning people, but he was giving to people. Yeah. So how can Where we say- Where was the con? Yeah, exactly. Right. Where I mean, is he taking I'm sure, stuff? I'm
2: sure there was a, a whole very addictive feeling of being that guy.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Being the guy
2: that everybody loves. Being the guy that you go to when you need help, who know, you know that Bernie's going to be there for you. Uh-huh. He'll I mean, give you what yeah, you need. And, yeah. You're, or help you're you. beloved.
1: Yes.
0: And now he, he's not just the nice guy, he's the nice rich guy.
1: That's right. Yeah. And also,
2: people had to have known where some of that money was coming from. Yeah. Bernie wasn't a rich man to begin with. It wasn't until... And, right. And everybody in town knew exactly who Marjorie Nugent was. Right. So it's not like, oh well,
1: Marjorie said that I could buy you this car. No one's gonna believe that. Right. <laughs> right. And see, and that's what I'm thinking. It's like, well, how did they think he got that money? I like did they think, oh well, he went and talked with her and, you know, convinced I'm her. I'm sure or something. that it know. did not
2: go past that because then they would have really had to think about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And I don't think people were going to think about it. Well, they didn't want to. And
0: yeah. they, you know, and they were still completely on his side even after they found out. Exactly. So of course, if they're before that, they're not going to be like, hmm. I wonder what are you how taking Bernie this money for, Margie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So
2: some of Bernie's friends hired famous East Texas criminal defense attorney Clifton Scrappy Holmes. <laughs> I will from now on just refer to him as Scrappy because that is the best. <laughs> He tried to discuss a plea bargain for Bernie, which was just fine with Danny Buck, who was worried about finding an impartial jury in Panola County, right? Um, A couple of people told him that they thought Bernie deserved to fry for what he had done, but he knew there were a lot more that just wanted the whole thing to go away. They keep asking me if there aren't some extenuating circumstances that would help his defense, and I think... Good God Almighty, do you people really think Mrs. Nugent was so mean to him that he had to shoot her in the back in (laughs) self-defense? Yes, people did. (laughs) So, what drove Bernie to do this, to kill Mrs. Nugent? Many townspeople wondered if Bernie suddenly snapped and had a psychotic breakdown. Um... They thought that he should plead temporary insanity. They, uh, Bernie's sister, said that he told her that there had been no particular problem that November day between him and Mrs. Nugent. They were about to go to Longview to run errands and have lunch when suddenly Bernie picked up the twenty-two rifle in the garage and started firing. He dragged Mrs. Nugent into the kitchen, put her in the freezer, and washed the blood off the garage floor with a with a garden hose. He said, I started thinking about having to live with her for the rest of her life, and I just couldn't take it. I realized I couldn't stand it another day. So, yes, she was so mean that he shot her in the back.
1: Temporary insanity. Temporary insanity. couldn't do it anymore. (laughs) Not another day.
2: So, why on earth did Bernie leave Mrs. Nugent in the freezer for nine months? Why did he just get rid of the body why didn't he put her on his little plane and then dump her out in the Gulf of Mexico? Yes. Danny Buck himself said that without a, bu- without a body, he wouldn't have been able to file murder charges. So, when his sister asked asked him that, he said that he couldn't be so cruel as to abandon Mrs. Nugent. <laughs> and she was like... You couldn't be so cruel, Bernie. What are you going to do? In a very soft voice, Bernie said, I wanted to give Mrs. Nugent a proper burial. You know, everyone needs a proper burial. So some of her relatives who hadn't spoken to her in years, like years, 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 mm-hmm. years just suddenly pull it, show up out of the woodwork and are all asking for Bernie's head on a platter. And it's just is like, um, she cut you completely out. Like she cut all y'all out of the world and gave it to some guy.
1: Yeah. it's
2: like, that kind of says a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, about her too, but you. <laughs> yeah. So the movie, Richard Linklater, got Skip to help him out with the screenplay. Jack Black went and met with Bernie to get the voice down and all that and mannerisms. Wow. Um, they hired people from town to be in the movie. Um, So the movie has dramatizations of what happened and then you have people that are looking at the camera and talking about things and there are direct quotes from the article. Okay. Um, Some of them were actors, but they're all actors from East Texas. Wow. um, Matthew McConaughey played... Danny Buck. When the movie was coming out, a lot of people were not pleased with it in Carthage because they thought that it would make them look like Hicks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Shirley MacLaine apparently was channeling Marjorie Nugent. Oh, really? And There was just parts where she acted a lot like Marjorie that Some of her family that were okay with the movie were just like, uh, she's doing a really good job. Huh? Uh, Matthew McConaughey's mom played one of the townspeople that talked. Uh, (laughs) She's actually really funny. She says, for years I've been begging Matthew to give me a role in one of his movies, but he's always weaseled out of it, making up some nonsense about not having the power to do it one time when i was visiting him in los angeles i met brian grazer the movie producer and i said hey don't you think it would be a great idea if you did a remake of the graduate with matthew playing dustin hoffman and me playing Anne bancroft he said mrs mcconaughey do you realize that you would have to do a love scene with your son and i said oh hell it's no big deal we'll fake it can you believe he still said no
1: (laughs) oh My
3: well,
2: God. thank God for Richard Linklater, who's finally seen my real potential. <laughs>
1: it's like, <laughs> all right, wow. <laughs> That's yep. a little, uh huh, weird <laughs> <laughs> to say the least.
2: Um, the first time that the townspeople that were there as the extras uh-huh. saw Shirley MacLaine was on, in the scene where she was going to be by her husband's graveside. And she comes out, and she snaps at her assistant when a couple of bees flew by her, and she waved her hands in the air and said, Bastard bees! Bastard bees! <laughs> 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 so it sounds like they had a lot of fun filming the movie. Um, the movie was really, really close to what happened. Um, Bernie did because of the movie a defense attorney was interested let me see if I can find her name Uh, was interested in looking into his case because They thought Mm -hmm. surely there had been something in his past that would just have him snap like that. Like Mm -hmm. he was—he had no criminal record of any kind, the nicest guy in town, Mm -hmm. and he just suddenly shot someone in the back. Yeah, (laughs)
1: like surely something had to have happened, except for maybe this woman who was a little crazy anyway.
2: And so with this movie that came out, um. He got a new set of defense attorneys. Jody Cole approached Richard Linklater about maybe talking to Bernie to see if there was anything that she could do to help him out. Uh, She looked over the list of things that were seized from his home, and there was, I think there was four books about surviving childhood sexual abuse. Hmm. And so she went and talked to him, and he did eventually confirm that that had happened to him. He had not told his previous lawyer about it. So she filed a motion to... If she couldn't get him a new trial, then at least a new sentencing hearing because she thinks that that was some mitigating circumstances that might have prevented the DA from seeking Murder 1 charges. Okay. And so Danny Buck did a complete... 180 on it, and said so that if he had known about the sexual abuse, he would not have charged him with first degree. That he would have charged him with a lesser murder degree, mm-hmm. um, which means he would have been out in like 20 years. So what what did he get? Uh, so he, he got was life. In, he got life in prison. Okay, and so he wouldn't be eligible for parole until he was like 80 something. Okay, like he was going to be in his 80s. Okay. Um, He was 39 at the time. Okay. Basically said that he was entitled to a new sentencing hearing. There was a a pretty long list of things that he, they um, let him have bail. And so in order for him to go free, he would, you know, of course have to pay the bond, but he would have to maintain employment, submit to and pay for random drug testing, live in a designated residence, not possess a firearm, not have contact with the victim's family, and not have voluntary contact with the media. So his lawyers said that Bernie would abide by the rules. She added that he would move to Austin, work for her, and get counseling. And as for the designated residence, Richard Linklater, the director of the movie Bernie, Mm -hmm. took the stand and said that he would let Bernie live in his garage apartment. Wow. And so... Off he went to go live in Austin. He did get his new sentencing trial. And the family of Marjorie thought that Danny Buck, with his sudden, if I had known all of this, I wouldn't have charged him with all Mm -hmm. that murder in the first degree, um, thought that the movie had gone to his head. And so, and I'm like, yeah, Matthew McConaughey played him. (laughs) (laughs) how is he not going to be like well (laughs) Um, especially if you see pictures of the man (laughs) I'm just going to (laughs) say Matthew McConaughey (laughs) so he does get his new sentencing trial and they um, so one of the things that I forgot in the whole first part of all this Mm -hmm. they did have to move the trial to a different county okay because yes everybody in carthage was one woman even told him told the da that if she was on that jury she was going to vote to acquit and several people were like i hope i'm on that jury Mm -hmm. and you should let bernie go (laughs) like they were serious like seriously just you need to let bernie go wow and he's all like he shot someone in the back He confessed. Like, it's not even like, we think he did it. He He, confessed. They're like, we don't know what the circumstances were, and you should just let him go. (laughs) That's
1: amazing.
2: So they had to move this sentencing retrial to a different town, and they moved it to Henderson, declaring once again that they could not get an impartial jury seated in Carthage. So at this point, Bernie is fifty-seven. And in this article that he did with Skip he does pretty much say that he, hoped that he hopes that no one is worried about him but he's ready for whatever comes and so Skip asked him if he was actually prepared to return to prison and his eyes filled with tears they might be able to incarcerate my body but they can't incarcerate my spirit He said. (laughs) This did not quite work out as well for Bernie as he had hoped. Um, They sentenced him to 99 years. Mm. Wow. Yes. Um, They continued to say that this was a con that he had stolen. I think they estimated about $3 million from her. And they couldn't quite figure out where all the money went. I mean, yes, he did buy stuff for people, but they couldn't figure out where all the money went. Okay. Um, That he had forged deposit slips and so forth to make Marjorie think that she had more money than what she Hmm. she had, that he was taking money from her. Hmm. Even though Marjorie had said... That she hoped to spend every last cent of it. And that she hoped that her and Bernie would spend it.
3: Mm.
2: So it was like, was he stealing from her? Was he not stealing from her? Right. Um, my whole thought process on that is he couldn't go to her and say, Hey, I just bought someone a car because she was not gonna be happy with that. Right. So yeah, he might have forged deposit slips and so forth to make her think she had more money so she wouldn't know that he was helping out people mm-hmm. because she did not seem like the kind of lady that wanted to help out anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but they couldn't really explain where the money went. He couldn't really explain where the money went. Um, and the question came up if she was giving him the right to spend her money the way he wanted then why was he going through the trouble of hiding it? Mm. And I'm like, she gave him the right to spend the money, but the way he wanted to spend the money was not the way she wanted him to spend the money.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. So one week after the verdict, his lawyers held a press conference and pretty much told everybody that they were going to continue to try to appeal that they should have been allowed to call Danny Buckin. So he could talk about why he suddenly changed his position on all this. And so they thought they had some grounds Mm -hmm. to appeal it. Um, Again, her family shows up and gives victim impact statements. And I'm just like, you weren't talking to to her. Yeah. It's like, really? Yeah. Um, As of January of 2018... They went through again to the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, and the court upheld the 99-year sentence. Hmm. So, at this point, it doesn't really seem like they have any more recourses, and that Bernie's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. And how old is he now? Uh, now he's probably in his 60s. Okay. So... That seemed like that went worse for him instead of better. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of time I mean, you don't hear that very often that it goes worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. a better thing. But there's always that chance, I guess. Yeah. Obviously.
2: So, in the movie, uh, the movie is great. It's hilarious. Yeah. People are hilarious, especially <laughs> the townspeople. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that they are saying are things that actual townspeople from Carthage said. Uh-huh. Um, at the end at the end credits they show this little bit of footage where james baker who is a mechanic i think in town but he's also an aspiring country singer <laughs> yeah. and uh he wrote a song called bernie what have you done yeah and he's he sings it and they videotape it, and it's at the end credits and it is the
1: best thing (laughs) in the world is it a good country song with a truck and you know (laughs) your mama and
2: Uh, let me find some of those (laughs) lyrics because i was like this is the best thing in the world Shirley mclean is kind of nuts so i'm gonna say just reading some of the things that she talked about Mm -hmm. to let's see ah here we go so james baker a retired union representative that's it, had written a country song about Bernie and Mrs. Nugent. Um, Richard Linklater asked his crew to find him, to find time to film him performing the song. Some of the lyrics go, he put her in the freezer and closed down the lid. Didn't even move it, just made sure it was plugged in. (laughs) Bernie, Bernie, oh Bernie, what have you done? You killed poor old Mrs. Nugent and didn't even
1: run. (laughs) Man. That is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's got everything I love in a country song, <laughs> right? Body in the freezer. That's
2: right. <laughs> Why didn't you run?
1: So, hmm. yep. Bernie should watch it. It's good. Yes, <laughs> hilarious. I think I'm gonna have to now.
0: And just like Jack Black, anyway. Yeah. So I'm you. sure it's great.
1: <laughs>
2: Very uh, low key, Jack Black performance. Yeah, like, but it's good. So good. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. So we have
0: that at the library. We have in Cold Blood. Mm-hmm. We can get the Frozen Ground uh, through interlibrary library loan from one of our our wonderful partner libraries. And so we have
1: uh, Capote also. That's true.
0: Mm-hmm. We do. Yes, we do have Capote. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, you can
1: find so. these articles by
2: Skip Hollinsworth at the Texas Monthly website. Um, right on. What, when were they published? The The original one, Midnight in the Garden of East Texas, mm-hmm. uh, was published in January of 1998. The one about the movie was published in May of 2012. So they, ra- they wrote the movie fairly early on right after the trial okay. to build the script but it sat on a shelf for like 10 years wow Yeah. and hmm. so Richard Linklater eventually got funding for it and he got some big names to attach and go um, one of the funny things was that he, when he approached Matthew McConaughey about it mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey thought that he was going to be playing Bernie <laughs>
0: Yeah. and so
2: he was really excited about playing Bernie and oh. then he was like mm, you're going to be Richard Buck and I'm like <laughs> You don't even have to act, Matthew McConaughey, because Matthew McConaughey is from that area. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wasn't
1: sure if he, he was or not. Yeah, but, okay. I was like, you don't even have to act, dude. <laughs> I was like, just show up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's cool.
2: <laughs> but they did, they did try to make him look a little like Danny Buck. Um, again, though, good luck with that. Because mm-hmm. he was,
0: he was no Matthew McConaughey.
2: He was no Matthew McConaughey, and even like <laughs> they put like some kind of belt on him to make him look a little pudgy. He did not look pudgy. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. They gave him some awful wig and these big glasses, and they're still like still Matthew McConaughey, dude. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's like just to show up. That's I'll all you gotta
0: say, do I'll say that this Like A lot of the stuff Especially This situation here Just it, You know It proves that oftentimes reality Is stranger than fiction Yes I mean you couldn't Write this stuff And it be
2: You couldn't make stuff yes. this stuff up Yes
0: You know that, Like it, it wouldn't be the you same You wouldn't believe it Yeah
2: You wouldn't believe that Someone killed an 81 year old lady And the whole town's like You could just let him go Yeah <laughs> Bernie, yeah, no, he's great. You should just let him go.
0: And and it's like it's just one of those situations that makes you really you have to think because it's like you hear all this stuff about Bernie and, and all the things he did and it's mm-hmm. like it's like Oh yeah, Bernie, yeah, they should just yeah. let him go. But, yeah, I know. but you you're forget, for him. But you forget that he did he killed somebody. He killed
2: somebody. <laughs> yeah, and That was one of the things that Danny Buck because people would just come up to him in town and just be like you need to let Bernie go, and he's all like, "He shot her in the back!" <laughs> like, oh my gosh!
3: Yeah,
2: and I think one of the lines that he had was that he's an old back shooter. <laughs> I was like, and he confessed. Man, and people are just like, you know, maybe he had a good reason. <laughs> and they're just like. It's like, do you really think that she was that mean that she deserved to get shot in the bag and <laughs> stuffed in a freezer? And people are like, uh, you know, Well All I know is that Bernie doesn't deserve to be in jail. <laughs> yeah, but yeah,
0: no, I mean, but yeah.
2: and to have someone like Richard Linklater to just be like, he can come live with me. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I got a family and two daughters. I don't care if you babysit. It's cool. Yeah, he just come stay with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like.
0: So I mean, really, the just I guess the, the stark reality of it is Bernie, he was, you know, it seemed like he was a good guy, a decent guy, a nice guy, took care of people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he murdered somebody. And he
2: murdered someone, which is
0: that doesn't make it okay.
2: Does not.
0: And and those two things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> he can still be a good, nice guy. That. And and doing terrible, evil things. Yes, yes. that went
2: through something and and did something awful. That's just
0: that's just human. Yep. Yes you know and he
2: deserves to pay for it
0: mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know about
2: 99 years in prison, but he does deserve mm-hmm. to pay for it yeah. yeah so and I think he's accepted that and yeah. I, I think from the get-go because he did not try to hide his crime like he didn't he wasn't like I'm gonna bury her body or I'm gonna yeah put her in my little plane and go chunk her out into the Gulf
1: of Mexico no one's gonna find her so. What I'm wondering is, I mean, where was this plan going to end? And he's going to say, oh, she died. I think he was just waiting for someone to catch him. I don't think he had
2: the guts to go and turn himself in. I don't think he had. I think he was just like, at
1: some point, someone is going to come
2: and ask about her and actually look around for her. and.
1: Because it's like where w- w- this ruse thing that he's got going here for all these months. It's like, okay, did you think about what comes next? Like, I don't are you gonna did. say she died in her sleep and unfreeze her yeah, and put her play. in the bed? I mean,
2: <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he had any plan. I think he had what they said, like a psychotic break. He killed her. Was like. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Thought I could do so much with what I've got. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to come looking for her. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do as much as I can while I still can. Because he, again, did not try to dispose of the body in any form or fashion. He preserved it so she could have a proper burial. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think he was thinking about anything other than... Let's see how long this this can go. And I don't think he had enough courage to just go and turn himself in. To yeah. just be like, Hey, I did this awful thing. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, and he knew at some point it was going to come catch up to him.
1: Yeah. Cause he didn't, he didn't
2: really do any, Like he told people, Oh, she's sick. She yeah. can't come to the phone. Someone could have just come and been like, well, I know she doesn't want to be disturbed, but I need to see
1: her. Right. No one did. That's what's amazing. For that long, nobody really (laughs) wanted to see her. No one wanted to see her.
2: No one wanted to talk to her, except for her stockbroker.
1: Yeah. And
2: so it was just like...
1: So he... I I don't want to say it's like a perfect situation, but I mean, he had the situation where he was alone with her and basically had Mm -hmm. control of everything Mm -hmm. because... She she, she had given it to him. Yeah. And she had isolated herself from everybody else. So... Just for being mean, yeah. Because she didn't make
2: friends with anybody, didn't want to
1: be friends with anybody, and even her family, she mm-hmm. dis- distanced them too. Her son, so. Yeah. yeah. So, wow, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. But yeah, you should definitely watch Bernie. Watch, watch it all too. the way
2: through the credits so you can hear the amazing country song. <laughs>
1: I'll make sure I watch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Well, thank okay. you for listening. This has been a great this has been great. Yeah. Thank you, Donna Denise, too. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Do We Like Murder.